Hi, I'm Anna-Claire Harper, and you're listening to The Return, property and investment podcast, sharing insights and information on key topics from real estate technology to sustainability. Feel free to get in touch or follow recent news by connecting on LinkedIn, Anna-Claire Harper. Hi, and welcome to The Return, property and investment podcast. I'm Anna, and in this episode, I have a replay of a recent event that we hosted that went down very well about whether now is still a good time to diversify into property. So without further ado, I'll hand right over. Enjoy. I'm Anna, and I'm delighted to be joined by Rebecca Tobias, who's Head of Business Development at the Family Office Markle, and she's also a key member of the advisory board at SPI Capital. So welcome, Rebecca, and thank you so much for joining. Thanks, Anna. So lovely to be here with you and the team. So the the, um, the plan for today is we'll do some brief introductions and then we're going to discuss what is diversification, why is it so important right now, does residential property investing still make sense as a diversifier, and then some tips on how you can actually diversify your portfolio at this time. Um, and then if it's okay with you at the end, I'll briefly let you know how SBI Capital may be able to help you if it's something you're interested in. So I'm going to hand over to Rebecca to introduce herself properly in just a moment. Before I do, I should introduce myself for those of you who don't know me. I'm Anna. I'm the CEO of SBI Capital, which is a residential property consultancy with over 50 years of experience in the industry and over 4 billion of transactions behind us. And we offer bespoke consulting for investors at each stage of the way in UK residential property. So whether that's working out what kind of properties to buy, finding off-market deals, managing portfolios, and then even helping investors to sell or optimize their portfolios. And before this, I developed the strategy and built the seed portfolio for a high net worth backed fund that was targeting a £100 million housing portfolio. I was involved with about £2 billion of transactions at Deloitte. And along the way, I published a book on property investing, host a property and investment podcast, and do lots of commentary in the media, whether it's the FT or BBC or Forbes or the Daily Mail at the saltier end, on property market trends and sustainable investing. So that's definitely enough about me. Rebecca, can you give a quick summary of who you are and what you do? Thanks, Anna. Uh, hi, everyone. Rebecca Tobias. I'm currently head of business development at Markle, which is a family office based in the UK. We have four offices across Europe, about 100 people. So it's a relatively large uh, family office. And we've been investing in mainly real estate and more recently private equity for over um, the last 40 years, private equity in the more, more recent history in the last 5, 10 years. Uh, my background's almost purely real estate. So I've known Anna for a number of years. Um, we have worked in different uh, real estate roles um, in different big corporates and, and smaller businesses. And I can certainly say in terms of diversification, which is the topic for today, that in my current role, we have a very well diversified portfolio mainly is in real estate and private equity. Um, but obviously, there's a lot of different forms of diversification across portfolios, and that can include indirect and direct investing, um, as well as liquid and illiquid assets. Uh, so there's a lot to get into today and very much looking forward to discussing in more detail. So thanks so much once again, Anna, for having me. So the topic is, is property still a good way to diversify? Um, before we get into that, so that everyone is on the same page, what actually is diversification? And in my very simple layman's terms, it's about not putting all your eggs in one basket. So it's about reducing your risk for a given return within or between different types of investment. But Rebecca's the real expert here. So what's your more sophisticated definition, Rebecca? 
Well, we consider diversification, it's really the practice of spreading your investments across a range of asset classes or sectors so that your exposure to any one asset or sector is limited. And the reason for that is to reduce the volatility of your portfolio over time and over the long run to generate a more secure financial position for yourself so that there's never one, you're not overexposed at any point in time to any one sector that's going to be highly volatile, ups and downs. Um, Because if you're ever stuck in a circumstance where you have to exit an investment at the wrong time in the market, that's never a good scenario. So you also want to have flexibility um, in terms of your investment hold period and criteria so that you're never going to be caught out essentially. And going back to Anna's point, having all of your eggs in one basket. The point of diversification really isn't to maximize returns, although by diversifying, in effect, you're lowering the risk profile across a range of investments so that you're, even if one sector or asset class is down, there could be others which are up. And over the long run, you're definitely, your downside protection is there. Um, and of course, you have your upside protection as well in terms of there are certain asset classes that will outperform over the long run. And so it's, it's having that balanced view Um, And a lot of that is created sometimes through our own expertise where we've been investing in a certain asset class for a very long period of time. We've weathered many downturns, uh, many cycles, and we've seen how quickly some asset classes bounce back and others don't. Obviously, if you look at just pure stocks, bonds, and a very balanced portfolio in the traditional sense, you'll see that long-term, you know, if you're making a 6-7% long-term, that's a very sort of conservative balanced portfolio across a range of asset classes. In real estate, that's a very good return, especially in a low interest rate environment, which we're in today. And we've seen that in the residential sector in particular, where Anna's particular expertise lies, that that is a very good return on your investment on an annual basis, but also for the long run. And that's generally been held up particularly well by economic factors, social factors, and the market, real estate market in general. Um, if you like to play stocks, you know, just because it's it's more fun and it's more it's more of a liquid asset class, then that's certainly, you know, something to look at. But I think it's very good to either get expertise in-house in a in diversification, in diversifying your portfolio into different asset classes or outsourcing that. And outsourcing that for us means bringing on partners, operating partners with particular sector expertise. In real estate, we've done that across a range of operating asset classes where we now have exposure to multifamily through a co-living platform. We have exposure to offices, industrial. We've launched a self-storage platform. So we have a range of different um, operating partners in different sectors, giving us that diversification and exposure to areas of the market. It's not necessarily needs to be in-house expertise. And I think that's why if you want to do this in a professional way, you really do need to look at you know, outsourcing some of this to give your portfolio really that that spread of risk and the balance that we've been talking about. Well, you basically teed me up for a pitch there, Rebecca. So thanks for that. Um, <laughs> well, we will, we will talk about um, residential property and, and we'll get I into- completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. It's, you know, you're either outsourcing it completely or you're, um, or you're basically hiring an expert to, to get things done 
basically the same. Um, and so, but we were talking about why, and you started off by talking about balancing those risks, balancing the lower and higher risk and things that um, respond in different ways to, to different shocks. And I think there is something in that because to your point, so I'll just return to that, which is that, you know, in times of uncertainty, um, which we are in, and, we, and we've seen ups and downs, certainly in more liquid investments over the last year or so, um, the stock market collapsed. Gold did really well. If you have exposure to both, that might be a much better position than if you're completely exposed to the stock market. And it's a, it's a much bigger problem for you if it's your only investment. Whereas if that is 10, 20 or 30% of your portfolio, then all right, you'll be there for the rise um, in the next three months, for example, in the stock market where we saw this 30% dip in one month and then and then a climb over the next three months. So you can kind of weather the storm. Um, so there's very good reasons for doing that. And, and to your point, it's all about getting it done in the right way. Otherwise, it ends up being kind of diversification, as they say. Um, so, and we've talked a bit about why. I, th- I guess the, the other thing is to talk about why now. Um, and I guess my view is that it's kind of always a good time to diversify. It doesn't matter whether it's a time of uncertainty and, and fast change as we're in now or whether it's any other times. Um, but in times of low confidence and high risk, people tend to be more likely to panic sell, as you said earlier, and they suddenly start thinking, oh my gosh, there's lots of risk in my portfolio. Well, maybe I better sell and, and diversify into something else. And actually, that can be a really bad time to diversify. For example, let's say the stock market has just plummeted. You probably don't want to pull your money out at that point, um, unless you really, really have to. But as for, I guess, the timing around diversifying into property, I think personally, I think, and, and again, to your point around returns, I think property is still very well worthwhile as a diversifier right now, especially residential, because you've got that kind of ongoing yields, but also the stability as well as the growth side of things, which kind of growth can speed up, it can slow down and it can dip a little bit. Um, it doesn't tend to dip by much in the property sector, but it, the yield tends to be pretty consistent and that stability in terms of value tends to be relatively consistent. So you can easily be looking at kind of 5 to 7% rental yields. And then you've got capital growth, which of course, in the last year, we've seen a bit of a fluke of double digit growth in many months annually. But if you look at the historical trend, you can easily be looking at 10 to 15% returns combined yields and capital growth over the last 10 years on average. Um, And if you do decide you're the kind of investor who wants to borrow money to do that, to leverage, then easily you're making kind of easily 10 to 20% um, returns each year. So... That compares pretty well if you look at the comparable in terms of other risk risk profiles. So let's say you compared that to bonds, you're obviously going to be doing a lot better in, in property. As a result, it still seems to me like a very good time to be diversifying into property. What do you think, Rebecca, about whether now is a good time to diversify generally, but also into residential property um, and property more generally? So we've seen in the past, and particularly those that got caught out, you know, overexposed to retail. Prime example, no one could have foreseen the escalation of e-commerce and the impact of e-commerce on the retail market. And we've seen that in retail funds where suddenly they're thinking, wow, this is escalated extremely quickly. We've all seen how e-commerce is changing the market, but certainly through COVID, that is just rapidly, um, you know, moved so quickly in the wrong direction and, and 
property values for retail just fell off a cliff. And it's still a question mark in terms of how many of those will actually survive um, the current environment. But a lot of those funds are now diversifying into more secure sectors such as logistics, such as multifamily residential and single family residential. And the reason for that is these provide a very safe and secure income stream. And it all comes back to income and security of income. So if we break it down into diversification into those sectors, the reason residential largely outperforms all other asset classes and we can look at industrial and multi-let industrial in the same way is the diversity of the income streams themselves. You have different tenants paying rents, um, which diversifies your income generally across a building. So that if one tenant falls away, you replace them and you might have a little bit of, you know, turnaround lag time in between. But generally speaking, that's a much safer, more secure investment that you know, we'll pay dividends over the longer term versus, you know, maybe a single let office building, for example, in the current environment, given where office rents uh, potentially may be going or how resilient the office market is post-COVID. There's different ways of, of looking at how safe, if you just purely compare, you know, a single tenant paying a single rent versus a multi-tenant building with 20, 30 tenants. So that's why residential, I think, has always been a factor paying a higher yield compared to, or returning, I should say, a higher yield compared to other asset classes uh, within the real estate sector. But also, we are in an environment where everyone's moving towards wanting residential rental income. Um, a housing market is something that is in very short supply across the UK and actually everywhere. I mean, everyone needs housing, particularly affordable housing. That's a huge issue in the UK, which businesses are addressing by investing in that type of rental product where you're actually providing um, these, you know, more, even lower income, you can say, tenants the opportunity to rent quality space for lower rents. And there's a huge demand for that. Not everyone can afford, you know, London rents. It's just that's potentially not, you know, a sustainable longer term model unless you particularly prepared to accept lower returns. So I think a six, seven percent going back to if you're looking for a diversified multifamily portfolio across the UK, six, seven percent over the long run is a fantastic return. And if you're willing to leverage up, given the lower interest rate environment, you can hit double digit returns fairly easily at a very low risk investment. So there's that's hugely attractive in this market, but I think in any market. But what's highlighted this particular time, why now, is because We've seen how, you know, it only takes, uh, well, we've been through a pandemic, but it only takes a slight turn in sentiment to move values and move real estate sectors in, a, in potentially moving into, into less resilient values uh, over the long run. And that's because of this lack of, I think, diversity of income streams coming off those particular properties. And we don't know, we don't have this crystal ball. We don't know where it's going, but we do know everyone needs housing. And we do know, you know, everyone right. is going to need space to store things, particularly on the just logistics side. So that's why those two sectors have done extremely well, because that is just way, the way the market is moving. Right. It's like the fundamentals of supply and demand are such that it just is going to always make sense, basically. It's like a utility in the sense that we're not going to suddenly stop needing water. Basic, it's a basic human need. And now with everything moving more online, everyone's going to need space to store stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and all 
logistics companies are therefore requiring more and more space, which is why logistics and industrial are doing so well. But in a similar way, you can look at their the profile of the income streams in a in the same way. It's safe, secure, and it's a required, you know, it's a need um, that's only going to grow in demand over the long run. So it's it's definitely now is the time if you haven't been looking at property more as a safe, secure investment as a diversifier of your existing portfolio. It's absolutely 100% now is the time. Well, that leads me nicely onto the next question, which is going to be around who diversification is actually suited to. So some people, I think, have this impression that actually the idea of diversifying and having a sort of whole investment portfolio is just for people with loads and loads of money. And despite the fact that we're a real estate company, our view is that ideally, actually, everyone should be looking at diversification. And you can do this within property, which is something that we can help with. And you can do it across a wider investment portfolio, touching on the kind of assets that you mentioned earlier, Rebecca. And as I said, that's kind of an ideal. On a practical level, obviously, these things have a cost associated. So for example, if you've got 50K that you're looking to invest, then actually buying a property directly would take up a very big proportion of that. So it might not always be realistic to diversify through direct investments. And in that instance, you could use REITs, for example, although there is talk that these may be closed off for retail investors in the future. Um, There's other ways to get access to the real estate market you are looking for a diversified portfolio and you have a, a, a sort of, let's say, a 50k amount um, rather than overspending on one sector. And most of the investors that we work with, they want to allocate at least 250k to residential property as a way to access that growth, the yield and stability that we talked about earlier. And typically, they've already got other investments, for example, stocks and shares that are held in tax wrappers like ISAs and SIPs. And it's not so much that any of the investors that we work with are like mega wealthy. It's more about giving them access to different types of risk and return as a priority. But it is super important, and to Rebecca's point earlier, to avoid that risk of diversification, which is basically where you get access to a range of different assets, but it actually brings down the return for risk. Um, so for example, you might be increasing your risk for the given return or bringing down your return um, for the given level of risk. And for example, in the context of property, you need to really carefully consider what kinds of investment and what kinds of locations you're focusing on. So whether that's regional investment in the private rental sector or whether it's prime London trophy assets. And then you need to ensure that it's going to be managed really well. So it is all about the implementation side. Um, So yeah. Rebecca, what's your view on who diversification is for? Is it just something for well-funded family offices like yours or mega wealthy? Or is it something that everyone should really be looking for? No, I 100% everyone should be looking at this across their portfolio. Regardless of how much you have to invest, everyone absolutely can diversify their own portfolio. And it just also goes back to where your expertise lies. So if you understand property and you want to invest in it yourself, if you have that level of wealth to buy your own investment properties and manage them great or you know or you know outsource that once again to the expert in that field which we do all the time where we don't have in-house expertise or for example I don't know how to manage stocks I'll outsource that to a wealth manager and they can manage that side of the portfolio but what I find fascinating is that most cash ISAs are held by women. And you know, recently you could put a 20K in a cash ISA and it sits there. But what you don't realize is over the long term, you're not making any money on that cash ISA because of inflation. And we're at a period where inflation risk 
is something that we need to factor in, certainly going forward. And that money is sat there not doing anything for you. That is not putting your money to work to make any form of return whatsoever. Yes, it's very safe, but I think I'm trying, you know, the, the point I'm trying to make, especially to other women out there, is not to just keep your money in cash ISAs. There's different investment vehicles where even with 20K, you can invest in a diversified rental portfolio across the UK, for example, returning that, you know, six to 10%, depending on leverage. And that's a great return. Um, And so it doesn't take a huge amount of money to be able to diversify your portfolio, but it's putting that money to work for you so that over the long run, it is making something for you. Um, And you don't, doesn't also take a huge amount of your own time, you know, bringing in that expertise from outside your business, whatever it may be, uh, is hugely valuable. And so even if you have to pay fees of assets under management, it's still worthwhile because cash sitting in a bank or in a cash ISA does nothing for you. Um, so I think there's a way in which to invest that you know, in a very intelligent way, but it's also knowing who in the market is you know, the right person to trust and, and invest your money for you and create that portfolio. Uh, yeah. But it's, you know, especially in property and with your own experience, and at SPI, I mean, you've seen it time and time again. And it's great that you are working with high net worth investors because they have obviously more liquidity um, than others. But it's it's not it's a relatively small amount of their overall net worth that's yeah. being in this particular area. But they if they look across the spectrum. I mean, unless you're taking significant risk on development and other uh, more risky projects, and in that case, you really do need to have the right expertise on board. But just to put together a portfolio, generally speaking, individuals aren't going to be doing that themselves, um, especially if you don't know the market. And there's amazing opportunities out there, but you really need to have people who know what they're doing, who have access to these deals, um, and who can curate a portfolio and, and put together the right size at the right return and also the ongoing portfolio optimization and management of that portfolio. I mean, I've bought my own assets in London. The whole buying process is is tricky. It's difficult. You want the right advisors on board. Um, it's it's not something it takes up a huge amount of time. So if you if you can provide that service for someone and deliver these great returns at very low effort and risk from their point of view. I mean, that's a great result. So anyone can do it with any amount of money. Uh, So, and just a couple of other thoughts, final thoughts. Um, We don't have too long left um, on how um, some great tips from Rebecca there around the hiring side of things or outsourcing. Um, And as mentioned before, I guess in terms of how you diversify, it does depend on how much you're looking to invest. But let's say you start with diversifying between asset classes and then you can continue getting more and more micro. So if you look within property, we talked a bit before about this. You've got macro diversification, which might be getting exposure to different sectors like industrial, retail, maybe um, residential, then drilling down a, a level. Within residential, you've got different focus areas. So you've got the private rental sector, you've got an HMO specialism, you've got holiday lets, student lets, there's all sorts of things you can access within there. And you've got the ability, the ability to diversify by the type of property, so houses or flats. You've got different tenant types, you've got key workers, you've got families, you've got students, and then you've got geographical diversification. So for example, investing in Manchester or Cambridge or Leeds. 
Um, and drilling down further, even within a property, as Rebecca mentioned earlier, you have diversification. For example, lots of different tenants in one building. You might have some who are self-employed, some who are working in local hospitals, and some students. And you do this because, as Rebecca said earlier, you've got demand from different types of tenant for different locations and different types of property. And they'll all be influenced by different outside forces. So something that affects one will not affect your others. And supply factors are also different. And you want to protect yourself against the risk that a shock affecting one tenant or one property will affect your whole portfolio. But at some point, you do end up with diversification. For example, if you have a single building, single block of flats, and you end up with sort of students, holiday rentals, young professionals, divorcees with children, all of those tenants are probably going to rub up against each other um, in the wrong way. So there's an element of practicality around this, and you kind of need to know where to stop, where tenants share living quarters and communal areas. It's not going to be a nice experience if they're sharing with people who are very unlike them. But the point really is that diversifying, um, if I get the word out, is still one of the best ways to insulate yourself against external shocks that affect one type of property or one type of tenant or one geography. So just a couple of final tips. Um, So as I mentioned earlier, at SPI Capital, we really don't think that property should be your only asset. You need some diversity and it's a great component of a diversified investment strategy. But what is important is that if you decide to invest in property, you need to have a really clear strategy that incorporates your desired risk and return. And you need to make sure those investments are done right in a way that is compliant and sustainable and you're not just going after a quick buck. So what we have covered, I'm going to sort of really quickly tie this up, um, is what diversify, diversify, diversity is, why it's so important now and always, who it's for, i.e. basically everybody, but the ways you do it might vary depending on the capital you've got available and your capacity to deliver. And then also how you can diversify both within and beyond property. Um, And at this point, I'll take just a minute to explain how SPI Capital can help you to diversify and how you could explore working with us if you want to. So we're a residential property consultancy with a social conscience. Um, I mentioned earlier, with over 50 years experience in the industry and over 4 billion transactions behind us. And we offer bespoke consulting covering each stage of the way. So working out what to buy, finding off-market deals, maximizing existing portfolio returns and selling properties. And if you'd like to arrange a call to explore working with us, just head to calendly.com slash SPI capital slash SPI hyphen capital. And we can arrange a discovery call. So Rebecca, is there anything you'd like to add? In terms of geographic diversification, I think using you know a service like yours means that you can build this portfolio across different markets so you'll never be caught out you know in a market with too much supply where it's going to be difficult to rent out your asset you know it's it's just you know making sure that you have the right partner on board with that level of expertise which is you know regional local you know all of that to make sure that you have the most defensible portfolio out there thank you so much thanks anna thanks everyone thank you Thanks for listening to The Return. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review as this really helps other people to find the podcast.